You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning I'm going to be teaching you a sermon topic, a life-changing moment. Amen? A life-changing moment. I don't know if you saw the sermon post, but it was a hand holding a candle. And the candle was melting and the other hand had the ability to put the candle out. It was a life-changing moment. Amen. So we live in a culture that likes to keep going. Do we not? We like to move forward. We hate sitting in traffic, especially during load shedding. Amen. And waiting a few more minutes in the doctor's office is just crazy because you don't, your time is so precious. But we live in a culture that doesn't like waiting. Amen? Some of us, we put things in the microwave and before the microwave, the the time we set is too long. And if that's last two seconds, we push that button. I don't know who's who's played in that movie. Amen? If you have, can you shout hallelujah? We're just gonna enjoy God's presence this morning, amen? And we, we are a culture that doesn't like waiting. Two-minute noodles should become one-minute noodles. Who agrees with me? Because those last three seconds are just too much. But do you know that, however, we have to stop and start waiting? Because times of waiting, times of staying, times of remaining, times of lingering are so needed. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, stopping is needed. Lamentations 3 verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him and to the soul who seeks Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him and for the soul who seeks Him. And this morning, I'm coming to you this morning with a message on my heart. It's been a burden on my heart because it's something that the Lord is saying, it's time for my church to draw near. Amen. It's time for my church to stop in her tracks and draw near. So I'm going to breed out of Joshua 5. And, and in Joshua 5, God has brought the Israelites to a place of soul searching. I was speaking to the music ministry on Thursday night. And I was saying to a place called Gilgal. Have you ever heard of a place called Gilgal? I actually was at a home cell this week and that word just grabbed my heart. Gilgal. Gilgal, God, what are you saying about Gilgal? And let me tell you, Gilgal was situated between the Jordan River and Jericho. So the Israelites had traveled through the desert for 40 years. And yeah, they'd come to a massive river, the Jordan River. And things weren't quite the same at the Jordan River as it was at the Red Sea. At the Jordan River, God said to, the, to Joshua, as the priests put their feet in the water, the water will open. Remember at the sea, God said to Moses, stretch out your hand. And he opened the way before they walked through. Amen. That's the God we serve. The God we serve is not bound to any process. This God we serve is not bound to any time frame. The God we serve is not bound to any way of doing things. That's why it's so special when God works with you. Because God can work with Mama Carol so differently to what He works with me. Because He knows the heart of her better than He knows me. Amen. And He knows my heart better than she she would ever know my heart. Amen. 
So today, Gilgal is the place between what God has brought you through and the Jericho, the place where God is taking you into. Amen. It's this place in between. On this side is the Jordan River. We have crossed over from the, from the desert, from the wilderness. The river is closed. We are now in enemy territory. This place is called Gilgal. And yes, Gilgal. And in between Gilgal is the promised land. But God is saying before we go into the promised land, we are going to spend some time in Gilgal. Amen. Amen. In the, in the opening book of the book of Joshua, we learn that Moses had died. And Joshua is facing this massive task of taking his people into the promised land. And God tells Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now it's your responsibility to lead these people into the promised land. This is where Gilgal is. But before you do, we're going to do a little stopover. This morning, we're going to have a little stopover. Is that okay? And in this stopover, I'm going to tell you three things. And these three things will change your life if you take them to heart. Because God created Gilgal for a reason. Gilgal was a turning point for Israel. And today, Gilgal is a defining moment for you. Amen. Today, we'll be confronted with our own Gilgal. Our own time of preparation. And we'll see the value of remembrance, the value of consecration, and the value of worship. Is that okay? The value of remembrance, the value of consecration, and the value of worship. Amen? So there are many lessons we can learn from Gilgal. But the first one we're going to start with this morning is the place of remembrance. So God tells the Israelites, the Israelites, as you walk through, every tribe that's walking through the Jordan, pick up a stone. And we're going to build a monument when we get to the other side. And we're going to build a monument in the, and say, this is the monument that reminds us. It's a, it's a monument of remembrance. Amen. Can I read it for you? Let me read it for you. So Joshua 4 verse 5 to 8. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan and each of you take a stone on his shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel, this shall be a sign among you. When your children ask later, asking what do these stones mean to you, then you shall say to them that the waters of the Jordan were, were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan and the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Let's shoot over to, to, to verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th of the first month and camped at Gilgal on the eastern edge of Jericho. As for those 12 stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set them up at Gilgal. And he said to the sons of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall inform the children, saying, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord God had done to the Red Sea, which he had dried up before us until we had crossed. 
so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You see, the time they spent collecting the pebbles and constructing this memorial was a time to stop and reflect. Stop and reflect on what God had done. They'd been in the desert, in, in the wilderness for 40 years. But God had been with them in the wilderness for 40 years. They had time to remember the presence of God. As they collected those stones and they set up that monument, they took time, they stopped to remember the presence of God and the great things He had done for them. He had taken them out of bondage. He'd opened a sea. He'd fed them manna when they were hungry. Amen? He was patient and kind with them when they turned their hearts away from Him. Then they wanted meat and God decided, okay, I'll give you quails. God had been faithful. They had time to remember His presence. And they took time to remember the things He had done for them. Before the promised land, they had to stop and remember. You see, it's in our fallen nature to forget. This is why remembering is important. Take time to remember the goodness of God in your life. Take time to remember when God has seen you through. Take time to, to think of the presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. They also built the memorial to remind their children of the God they served. Parents, grandparents, we have the task to pass our faith onto our children. Amen? We are embedded with a task to teach our children to love the God that we love so much. We, we are embedded inside of us to teach our children to go to that memorial in places when the world is telling us we have nothing. When we compare ourselves to others, when we look at what could have and should have and would have done and what we could have and what we don't have, stop and look at what we have. Amen? A time of remembrance before the promise. This church is a memorial for future generations. These stones will stand when we are not here one day. Amen? Amen? And this church, by God's grace, will look after and protect the presence of God like we have done and tried to do in all our ways. Amen? And our children's 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 children will come here to worship. Amen? And our children's 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 children will get healing and deliverance and breakthrough in this building. Amen? And when people are down and desperate, they can run to this building knowing this is a place of peace. Amen? This is a people that choose God above all. This is a people that love like no one has loved before. Amen? There's a peace in this building that will stay here by the grace of God for many generations to come. Can you see why there's such an attack on the church? The enemy wants people to forget about the church and her importance. People look at the body and they think she should be perfect. But we are just imperfect people coming together with a common goal. Amen? 
We are just imperfect people saying we serve a perfect God. And when my imperfection touches your imperfection or it triggers something in you, we are going to run to that scripture that says we are going to love at all costs because family does not walk out on each other. Amen? This is what this church is, church. Amen? This is an exciting message. And this is why the devil wants people to leave. Devil wants people to stay at home. Because after today, I'm going to ask you, are you going to sit at home this morning if you weren't here and remember what God has done for you? Because this church can also be a Gilgal. This church is a place of remembrance. A place to come and remember what God has done for us and take time to thank Him. To thank Him. Amen. The first place Gilgal was a place of remembrance. The second place Gilgal was, was a place of consecration. Joshua had to circumcise every male born in the desert before entering the promised land. Today, we have to circumcise our hearts. It's time to open our hearts to what God is saying. We need the cutting and the consecration of the heart. Do you hear me this morning, church? Gilgal was a place where we had to slow down. You want to go into your promises? Slow down. See the areas you need to deal with and get rid of them. We don't need to be a broken people. We can be a whole people. Amen? 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 It's a place where we dedicate ourselves to God and check if there's anything that hinders us and hinders the work of God in us. This is Gilgal. Gilgal can be a place of pain because suddenly you have to deal with those things in your life before they deal with you. Are you with me this morning, church? Can we go a bit deeper? Are you ready for what God has to say to you this morning? Maybe to move to the next phase, to move into the promised land, you need to stop at Gilgal and renew your heart. Those things that have kept hidden inside. I said to the music ministry the one week, why are you defending the things that are hurting you? Why? If God tells you to forgive, not because He's a spoil sport. When He tells you to forgive, He knows that it's going to hurt you, but you're defending it. I will not forgive. That person deserves this. Amen? Why are you defending that that's hurting you? Gilgal is maybe a place where we have to get rid of some baggage. Maybe you need to dedicate your life to the Lord again and ask God to light the fire on the inside of you, to burn bright for Him again. Amen? Maybe it's a time for God to deal with our hearts on a deeper level. The, this morning's music, come tear down the walls, break through in my spirit, break through in my heart. Draw me close to you, Jesus. Never let me go. You're all I want. Your presence is heaven to me. But you see, church, why? The Proverbs 20, verse 27, the spirit of the person is the lamp of the Lord. And he searches the innermost parts of your being. You see, Gilgal means a circle of stones. And this is profound because maybe some of us are working in circles. We're walking in circles. 
We're walking in circles. God wants to take you to a promise, but you're walking in a circle. God wants to bless you, but you're walking in a circle. God wants to set you free, but you're walking walking in a circle. Why? You see, I heard the most beautiful statement this week. Somebody said, if every trial and tribulation has an expiry date, the blessings of the Lord don't. Why are we not walking into these breakthroughs? Amen. You see, we need to let the Lord deal with the inner parts of us, those protected secret parts of our lives, the things that will, that will shift us in a direction. Do you find yourself in a place of delayed promises? It goes better, then it goes worse, it goes up and it goes down. You're happy, then you're sad, you have peace, then you have no peace. You're going left and then you go right and then you're standing up and then you're sitting down and you're wondering what the heck has happened. Remember, Gilgal means circle of stones. You see, the devil will love you to stay in your circle. He will love you to keep protecting those things that hurt you. He will love you to never confront those things because then you're walking in circles and you will never go to the promised land. Amen. You see, the answer is in John 12, verse 24 to 26. This is the answer of consecration. It says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. It's time for us to die to ourselves. He who loses his life will find it. Why does God say, Forgive. Why does God say, let it go? Why does God say, deal with things inside of you before they deal with you? Because he knows as a piece of you die, a piece of him comes to life. As you choose his life, that little piece of your heart starts belonging to him. You see, for something to live, it has to die. The victory is linked on the inside. Does this make sense this morning? Catherine Kuhlman said, Before I came out here today, I died a thousand deaths to tell you about Jesus. Amen? Who's died a thousand deaths? Who's even a pastor? I think we die a billion deaths. Amen? Because, but you know what? I never understood why somebody that I loved very dearly used to say to me, Offense is my friend. Disappointment is my friend. I was like, why is offense my friend? It's not my friend, it hurts. I don't like it, I don't want to face it, and I don't feel like it. Is it just me that feels like that? But then when I started seeing that Catherine Kuhlman said, I die a thousand deaths before I come to you, that a thousand parts of my heart belong to Jesus. Doesn't offense become my friend? Because every time I'm offended and I love you and I forgive you, do I not let that part of my heart that belongs to me belong to Jesus? Does it make sense, church? We must die many deaths before we can live. So when somebody offends you, just smile and say, you're my friend. You're going to draw me closer to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to give God another little part of my heart. And guess what? In a year's time, a whole new part of my heart belongs to Jesus. And next year, a whole new part of my heart belongs to Jesus. And by the time I'm 80, oh my goodness, maybe my whole heart will belong to Jesus. Amen? We must die many deaths. Many deaths. A thousand deaths. But a thousand deaths are not there to hurt you. God is not there to be a spoil sport to tell you, why are you keeping bitterness in your heart? It's way better for you. He's there to liberate you, to give you freedom so that Jesus can shine through you. Every time a part of me dies and I give it over to Jesus, there's a little bit more of me that I can give to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Maybe we need to repent and confess our sin and give our hearts over to God again that a little bit more of Jesus can come inside. And when you bump me next time, when I react, maybe there's a little bit more of Jesus. And when I'm in traffic and somebody swerves in front of me, I'm just not like, hey, good morning. I love you, my brother. Please. (laughs) You are welcome. Amen. Because a little bit more of me belongs to Jesus. Are you going to go into your next season again, holding on to something of the past? Deal with your girl, gal. Fight the fight, a good fight. This fight is not a compromise. God does not compromise. He doesn't share space with something else. He doesn't coexist with something else. It's all for Him and Him alone. Amen? When we get into God's presence and we can say, Lord, I need you. I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. There's times where my heart reaches out and I say, God, I need you. I need you like the air I breathe, Father. But to have your presence, I have to let go of things that you've told me to let go of. You see, Jesus was hurt on the cross, but he doesn't hurt people. You don't need to hurt people if you've been hurt. If you've been hurt, carry that scar in your body and tell yourself, I will not let someone else feel like I'm feeling right now. Amen. Give that hurt to Jesus. Give that problem to Jesus. Do you see the need to be like him? This was a stopping ground. Remember, the Jordan, Gilead, Jericho. The Jordan, Gilead, Jericho. We are stopping here. Guess what God wants to take you into? Your promised land. Amen? God wants to take you into your promised land. And he's got a little stopover before then because he says, let's deal with these things before they deal with you. And I'm not going to take you into the promised land with these things because these things will deal with you when I bless you. Amen? Let's deal with it before the time. Amen? If there's something that can destroy your tomorrow, deal with it today. Amen? That we can come into God's presence. And we can just say, Jesus, I love you. 
Father, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Christ is preparing his bride for the second coming. Christ is preparing his bride and he wants his bride to be without spot and blemish. He wants her dress to be without spot and blemish. Let us deal with these cycles in our life. Amen? The last place that Gilgal was, was it was a place of worship. It was a place of worship before Israel celebrated the Passover. They had celebrated the Passover 40 years prior at Sinai. And yeah, God has said, you're going to consecrate your heart. Set up a memorial. Let's worship. Let's meet. Let's meet. You see, without circumcision, they weren't allowed to do Passover. God never said memorial, Passover, circumcision of the heart. He said memorial, sort out your heart. Let's worship. They were not allowed to celebrate it. They could only celebrate it once they had sorted out their hearts. You know, the stairs to the temple were not, were not level. The stairs to the temple were uneven. So we had to slowly, if we wanted to go to worship, we had to slowly take those steps. And as we take those steps, reflect. Reflect. Consecration must precede worship. Amen? Experience the pain of letting go of things that you can get to your blessing. Amen? Deal with that part. Deal with Gilgal that you can go into the promised land because repentance isn't always easy. But, it, but what was easy about going to the cross? What was easy about going to the cross? Yet Jesus did it for you. Amen. Our worship should flow out of our consecrated life. Our worship should flow out of a life given over to the plans and the purposes of God. Amen. Then our worship becomes something. Because if it's not in spirit, it's not in truth. And then it's nothing. If it's not in spirit, it's not in truth, then it's nothing. You see, worship must precede the battle. They were worshiping in enemy territory before they went into battle. And then God does even amazing thing. I'm not even going to speak about it this morning, but God tells warriors to march. Have you ever thought of that? He tells a fighting army to march. How God is not bound to time and space and the ways of man. Amen. Our goal is not the promised land. Our goal is not the blessing of the promised land. Our goal is to worship the one from whom all blessing flows. Amen. 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 The promised land has everything for you, but it's not our goal. When we leave this earth, we leave with nothing. We leave with nothing except our relationship with Jesus. So the promised land, God has all these beautiful things for you, but it's not the goal. The goal is a lasting relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And then you can really get to a place where you say your presence is heaven to me. Amen. Sunday worship is meant to be a weekly Gilgal. We come together to, number one, be reminded of what God has done. We come together to consecrate our hearts. And we come together to worship. At Gilgal, God brings us into a new day. He brings us into a new day. Amen. He brings us into a new day. Remember the goodness of the Lord. Consecrate your hearts and get rid of anything that's keeping you from Him. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.